game. We have enough of them. All right, if you need an outline, if you need an outline, raise your hand if you need an outline. Raise your hand real quickly if you need an outline. Raise your hand real high. We, we, we run out one, one back here, one back here, three over here. All right. I don't know where all my help is. They're fired. All right, Buchanan, you're out of help, son. We got three over here we needed. All right. Around here. Raise your hand real high, real high. There we go, right here, right in the center. All right. Right in the back, right in the back. You're sitting in the dark. Nobody can see you. That's what it is. That's what it is. All right. Everybody else, grab your Bibles and turn with me to Ephesians chapter number four. Ephesians chapter number four. What we're going to do is we're going to go through the same outline that we uh, uh, we had last week uh, because y'all forced me to hurry up and go through with it. Because <laughs> y'all said I couldn't. Say amen. You know, pride will make you do a lot of things. Amen. Well, I went through it a whole lot faster than I wanted to, and I want to hunker down and talk about that stuff a little while. Uh, so what we're going to do, we're going to go through that. The outline that you receive tonight is basically the last main point, the last main point of the outline last week. If that makes sense, say amen. It's the last main point because that's what we're really going to talk about and finish up tonight. Lord's willing, we're going to finish up dealing with judging, judging and, and, and uh that topic there, okay? So, while we do that, Ephesians chapter number 4, uh, verse number 11. <clears throat> verse number 11. If you're there, say amen. And he gave some, now we, we know he is talking about the church, the called out assembly, the body of Christ, all right? He gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. Why? For the perfecting of the saints. We, that word means maturing, completing. Say that with me. It means maturing and completing. In other words, developing, uh, 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 maturing, uh, in, equipping, if you will. Uh, then it says, for the work of the ministry. For the edifying. And what's the word edify mean? Tell me, tell me. Say it again. Build up. Edifying of the body of Christ. Till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, under the measure, the stature, the fullness of Christ. In other words, when we are through building, we're going to look like Jesus. That's cool, isn't it? Now, how many of you have taken a model and built a model, and you kind of looked at the picture to help you build the model? So when you were through, you knew what it was going to look like. Well, the point he is saying here is that we're to encourage one another and build one another to the point that we look like Jesus. Say amen. Verse 14, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie and wait to deceive. In other words, there's going to be all kinds of people out there trying to tell us lies. So we need to be solid in our doctrine. We need to know the truth. All right, verse 15, but speaking the, what's that word? Truth in love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplies, according to the effectual working in the, in the measure of every part, make an increase of the body under the edifying of itself in love. All right, let's pray. Lord, thank you for your blessings. Thank you for your mercy. Lord, we praise you for all that you do for us. Please help us to, to learn and grow and, 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 and find discernment in our lives tonight. Lord, we'll thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. If you happen to have your outline from last week, if you happen to have your outline from last week, uh, if you'll get that out, 
uh, uh, let's talk about a few things, and we're going to go through this kind of quickly. I'm not going to use the same illustration as I did last week, but if you remember that, we said that edification is what the purpose of the church is for. You come to church to be edified. You are to edify one another. You're to build one another. You're to encourage one another. You're to lift up one another. Uh, help to help each other to grow, okay? So what did God give us, give the church, in order to accomplish that feat, in order to accomplish that task? We said last week there was basically three things that God gave us. Uh, the first thing is he gave us abilities or the gifts there that we talked about. Apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, and evangelists. Are you all with me? He gave us abilities. He gave us all the ability to accomplish something, the ability to do something in the house of the Lord for someone else. All right? He gave us abilities. But then he gave us associates. Say that with me. He gave us, and that means each other. He gave us each other. He gave us a church family. He described salvation this way, that we are babes in Christ. And what does every baby need? A family. Every baby needs a family. Every baby needs a family to care and to love and to protect and to provide and to feed and to nurture and to teach and to train. Are y'all with me? Say amen. So we need somebody. God saved us and then he put us with some associates. He put us with some associates, all right? Now, that's why it's important for us to gather together. God says, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. If you're watching, I don't know what camera's on me, uh, but if you're watching, uh, I want you to understand, if you're watching by internet and you could have been here, uh, shame on you. Shame on you. Now, if you're sick or you're in bed or you're in, in, at the beach, if you're at the beach, shame on No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Everybody needs to take a vacation every now and then. But here's what you're missing. You missed out on the opportunity to be able to be encouraged by 10 or 12 people in this room. You missed out on the opportunity of being around God's people. You've been around the devil's people all week. You've been around hell itself all week. You've been around difficulty all week and discouragement all week. But this was an opportunity to come in from out of the world, to come in from out of that atmosphere into an atmosphere where I'm feeling goosebumps right now. Say amen. This is a place where we can forget about our troubles. We can forget about our problems. We can forget about all the garbage and the junk we went through all day. And I'm telling you, this was a day. And I'm glad to be in God's house, hanging out with God's people, talking about God's Word, and praising an awesome God in heaven. Somebody say amen. And it might be good on the Internet, but it ain't like it is here. Don't forsake the assembling of yourselves. Yes, sir. Well, I get the content. You need more than the content. You need the atmosphere. Now, thank God we have technology so we can get this when we're out of town. We can get this when we're sick. We can get this when we can't be here. But if you choose not to, you're missing so much. You're missing so much. So how do you know? God gave you associates. And he said, don't forsake Hanging out with them. Y'all with me? Associates. He not only gave us abilities, he gave us associates. Then he gave us an assignment. Say that with me. He gave us, in other words, he gave us all a job to accomplish with our ability. God doesn't give you a talent to sit on it. God doesn't give you a talent just so, hey, I got one. 
Or God doesn't give you a talent to use it for the wrong reason. Are y'all with me? Somebody say amen. Now, I need, I need, uh, I heard, I heard there was a petition going around to run me off. And, uh, and there was a bunch of people signing this petition to run me off. And there was a certain uh, 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 Welburn that was excited to sign it. I don't know uh, who that name might be. But anyhow, if you sign this book, I need you up here real quick. Real quick. Come on, 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 come on. Quickly, quickly, quickly. Come on up here. Dad, you, you stand right there. All, all the others, that way, sinners. Go that way. All right, there you go. Come on. Come on. Yeah, take your time on them steps. All right, just stack up right over there. Just get together, stack up. All right, that's it. Come on, come on, come on. All right, good job, guys, good job. Come on, yeah, stack up over there. Don't be afraid of the front. It's all right, it's all right. Here, here, hold this right here. Hold this right here. Come on over here. All right, come on over here, Brother Allen. Come on over here. Right there, come on, come on, come on. No, don't hide in the back. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Come on. Stack up, stack up, stack up, stack up, stack up. Come on, there you go, there you go. All right. Now, this is humanity. It's the best we could do, people. It's, this is humanity. All right? This, this, is, it, this is the world that Jesus died for. This is, this is exactly why Jesus left heaven and left glory and left everything and made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of man. And he became, listen, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. I'm talking about the king who was rich became poor for thee. Because he loved thee. And he died for thee. And listen, this is, this is why Jesus came. So this is humanity. Without Christ, we're sinners. We're lost. We're undone. Now, here's what happens. <clears throat> here's what happens. This is Jesus. <clears throat> this is Jesus. <clears throat> All right? When, when Jesus makes the call, when Jesus makes the call, he says, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you. So if you're hungry, I'm the bread of life. If you're thirsty, I'm the living water. If you're, if you're dead, I'm the resurrection. Amen? So this is Jesus calling to humanity, saying, come to me. You that are lost, come to me. Are y'all with me? So here we have, here we have uh, this young man. He has, he has answered the call. And he has believed the Savior. And because he believed the Savior, here, let me see. I, I need to be right over here. All right, right back here. All right. All right. Because he believed the Savior, because he believed the Savior, uh, Jesus saved him and gave him. Put that together. All right. Now, when Jesus saves somebody, he not only saves them and prepares them a home in heaven, he gives them a, a gift. All right, this is the apostle. Come on over here. Come on over here. Now you say, what is the apostle there? It's not, it's not a person you would think uh, in, in an apostolic form of that day. It, the, the apostle is the administrator. It is the person who has the ability to organize, to plan, to develop. Are y'all with me? That's the apostle. That's the leader. So he has that gifting. All right? Then he's calling, he's calling out. Come on, Miss Boner. Come on here. All right, uh, he didn't, but she did. All right, she trusts, she trusts Christ, and because of that, she gets a gift. All right, now, she comes over, she's over here. All right, the prophet there is that prayer warrior. 
It's that person that prays about everything. It's that person, y'all know, y'all know the people, the one you would call if you had a need, that's him or her. That's that person that prays about everything. So how many of y'all believe the church needs a praying person? How many of y'all believe the church needs an organized person? All right, all right. Now, we got, we got uh, Travis. Surely Travis trusted Jesus, all right? Travis, he gets saved, and because he gets saved, uh, 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 look at there. All right. What does he get because he gets saved? Come on, people, help me. He gets saved, so Jesus gives him a, and then adds him to the, oh, let's try it again. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. All right, all right. The word church is the Greek word ecclesia, which means called out assembly. These folks are called out from them folks. The church is simply sinners who have been called out and given a, are y'all with me? He trusts Christ. Christ gives him a, and then adds him to the church. All right, all right, all right, all right. Who wants to be saved? Thank you. You asked first, all right, all right. Now, now, look at there. She has a gift of teaching, all right, self-evident. Here we go. How many of y'all believe the church needs somebody that's organized? How many of y'all believe somebody needs, in the church we need a prayer warrior? How many of y'all believe we need somebody who's a, a good at inviting and encouraging and getting people involved? All right. How many of y'all believe we need a good teacher in the church? All right. Then we have, we have another one. I see a big tall fella in the back that needs to be saved. Dave answers the call of Jesus Christ and comes and gets saved. And because he got saved, Jesus gave him a... Now, that's a gift right there, but hey, man. <laughs> Cynthia, Cynthia, I don't, all right. I just need you to see that, all right. All right. Uh, and, and he got saved, and because he got saved, Jesus gave him a, a gift and then added him to the, all right. Now watch, now watch. Apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher, okay? Now, here's the deal, here's the deal. This has been given so they can encourage and build each other. All right? A shepherding a shepherding gift needs an organized gift. Y'all with me? A, a teacher needs somebody to pray for him. An evangelist, listen, needs to help all three or all four of these have people in their ministries and encourage them to get... You see how all of them complement each other? Now... These edify one another, and then the church goes back into the community. Y'all with me? We go back into the community, and we find, Lord knows he needs Jesus. Amen. Come on. All right? He gets saved, and because he got saved, because he got saved, he got a, and Jesus added him to the, all right, all right. Oh, Dewan, come on now, come on. Dewan gets saved, and because he got saved, he got a, and God added him to thee. All right, we can go all night. We can go all night. Listen, you who were once lost, Jesus calls you out. And when you answer the call, he gives you a, now who all got one? Hello? 
So who all should be serving in the house of the Lord? Uh, huh. Who all's got a job to do in the house of the Lord? Who all should be encouraging everybody? Who should come in and sit down and not talk to nobody? Nobody. <laughs> Does this make sense? God said you need each other. And I'm going to give everybody something. Do you know why these guys didn't get all five of them? So they would need each other. You know why, you know, if, if you've ever read the five love languages, uh, uh, it's a great book, and it talks about how most most marriages, the, the people in the marriages, the, the man and the woman in the marriage, usually has a different love language. And usually, the one isn't real excited about the other one. In other words, uh, 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 my love language, Tammy really ain't, she's not really good at it and don't, don't like doing it and then is not excited about it. Well, mine, I'm not really excited about hers either. Are y'all with me? So if I'm going to do it, I have to choose to do it. And if I choose to do it, I'm saying, I love you. And why do I need her? Because I can't have all my needs met on my own. You know why God did that? So we wouldn't be selfish jerks. If these folks right here had them all, why would they need each other? And if you're watching on the Internet, that's why you need to be here. Because you ain't got all of them. Hello? This makes sense? God, God gave you gifts. God gave you associates. God gave you assignments. Why? To edify one another. You know what all these gifts are for? To lift up, encourage, and build. Every one of them. Not one assignment, not one gift is used for the purpose of destruction or destroying. That is what the Corinthian church was doing. Instead of using their gifts as tools to build with, they were using them as toys to play with, and it ended up being weapons to battle with. But we're here to build, encourage, and edify. Somebody say amen. Hey, uh, give a hand to the saved people in the centers, all right? Thank you, guys. Perfect. Did an awesome job. Amen. All right. All right. Now, 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 let's continue. Let's hurry. Let's hurry. Let's hurry. Let's hurry. All right. God gave us all of these for the purpose of what? Oh, my stars. For the purpose of edifying, edifying, building up, building up. All right. Uh, we said the process of edification is discovery. We got to discover our gift. What do we do? We take a gifts and passion survey so we can find out where we're gifted. If you have not taken a gifts and passion survey, I encourage you to do that. You can do it online or you can do it in the foundations class. We encourage you to do that. Develop it. How do you develop it? It's the same way my dad told me when it comes to preaching. I was 17 years old. I told my dad I really feel like God's been dealing with me to preach about uh, uh, surrendering to the gospel, and, uh, and it's been for years. And he said, listen, son, I want you to be ready Sunday or Wednesday night. Now, I surrendered Sunday night. The first time I was in the pulpit was Wednesday night. And this is what he said. Only way to get, learn how to do it, son, get in there and do it. And guess what? The only way to get better at your gift is using it. Using it, developing it. And nobody's going to be good at it at first. Nobody's going to be good at it. I've never seen one start right off the bat and start preaching and, 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 and had something worth hearing. Say amen. I've had, well, anyway, all right. Develop it, deploy it, get involved, put it to use, okay? 
All right, the purpose. We see three things are going to take place. Look in verse number 13. Verse number 13. Till we all come in the, what's that word? Unity. Come on, everybody. Till we all come in the, all right? Guess what happens? Guess what happens when this group right here is using their gifts to encourage one another? It creates a sense of unity, togetherness. Now, how does it do that, and why does it do that? It does that because I need them, and they need me. So we are unified to accomplish the same purpose, edification. Now, this is what happens when people want to use their gift for a selfish reason. When good speakers let that ability go to their head, and they think they're now a celebrity. And they have this, they have this idea, and, 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 and their wires get crossed, and they want people to serve them. That messes everything up. That destroys the whole purpose of the gifts that God has given us. There's no unity in that. That's disunity. Are you all with me? So, unity is created when we all accomplish our giftings and we accomplish our assignments. Okay? Now, look here. Unity is created. Not only unity, but look what it says. Verse 13. Till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God. Unto a... That means what? Mature... It means complete. How many of y'all believe that we've got, we've got to grow in the Lord, all right? We're going to talk about that in more detail in just a minute, okay? Unity, maturity, and I love this one, stability. Look what it says in verse 14. That we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine. What does that mean? This is, this, let me explain it in the easiest way. Have you ever known that person that one day they believe one thing and the next day they believe another thing? And then the next thing, they, they hear somebody else on the Internet, and now they believe this thing, and, and then they hear a new speaker come into town, and, and now they believe this. And, 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 and it's, it just depends on who they're listening to, to what they believe. Do you realize that, that we should know the Scriptures in such a way that it doesn't matter what new speaker comes on the TV, what new speaker comes on the Internet, what new speaker comes in the church, you know what you believe. And the question is, are they going to teach or preach what you already know to be true? Because truth never changes. Truth never changes. God's Word never changes. Does that make sense? The problem is, we don't know what we believe. We are not, we are not putting ourselves out there to be edified and to be built up and to grow and to learn and to develop and read our Bible and study our Bible. Dig into the Word. So what, what's happening? Whatever sounds good, we go with it. Or, or whoever is the most charismatic speaker, the most likable guy, or, or whatever. Does that make sense? We just go with that person because we feel a connection. Even though they may be feeding you a line. You see, what we stand for and what we believe in should not be based on the character or the person who's delivering it. It should be on the content they're delivering. Amen. All right? Now, unity, unity, uh, what I say? Maturity and stability. Man, I would love, I would love to have a church full of people. I would love to have a church full of people who were so grounded in the Word and so grounded in their faith that when a turkey come up here and said something stupid, the whole church would stand up and say, Ho! You ain't got no Bible for that. 
say, is that possible? Well, absolutely. Now, the, 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 let's see, what's the average, the average in a, in, in a good growing, fast growing church, it's going to be, you're not going to have as many. You're not going to have as many initially in the beginning because you have so many baby Christians. Does that make sense? So what do we do? We're patient with them. We give meat to the, to the seniors and we give milk to the babies and we give mash to the in-between. But we do not allow the babies to stay on milk. Y'all with me? Now, okay, watch this. Here's where we, here's where we get to what I want to talk about tonight, all right? Oh, yeah, we're good with time, good with time, all right? Now, what got us into this topic, where we are tonight, is dealing with the subject of judging, judging, right? That's how we got here, because we were initially in James, then we got over to Romans uh, chapter number 14 and dealing with judging each other. And, and, and so, so really, we've been talking about how God does not want us to have a judgmental spirit, a critical spirit against another brother in Christ or against, against anybody for that matter. But we've got to be careful to read into that 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 means we should never confront sin. We should never say anything against any kind of sin or any kind of wrongdoing. I've heard, I've, I've, you've seen it, you've seen, you know, pictures on Facebook or on, on media or, or whatever. Uh, don't, uh, let's see, how, don't judge me uh, just because I sin differently than you do. Now let me translate that. I'm going to live totally against the Word of God, and just because you're not perfect, you can't say nothing about it. That's what that translates to. Now, that's, that's completely wrong. It's completely wrong. The Bible does not teach us that we should never say anything against sin or wrongdoing or iniquity or injustice. Are y'all with me? How many of y'all know that Jesus was perfect? How many of y'all know he was, he was probably the most non-judgmental person on the planet? How many of y'all know he turned over tables and made a whip and drove them out? Boy, wouldn't this crowd think that was judgmental? Y'all with me? I'm talking about scourged them. All right, so so how do we do this? And this is going to be so good. This is going to be so good. If, if, if every church in America could get this, we could turn this thing around. We could really, truly turn this thing around. How many of y'all know that most lost people in this world, in our country, think we're all a bunch of hypocrites? How many of y'all know they think we're very judgmental and mean-spirited and, and so forth and so on? How many of y'all know that? Now, how many of y'all know they got a right to think that in most cases? Let me tell you why. Watch this. Look what it says in verse number 15. You remember we, we're talking about judging, so what do we do? If, if we are here, what is our purpose? What is our purpose? What's the purpose of the church? We come and gather together to say it again, say it again. Edify, which means to build up. It means to build up, okay? All right? In order to do that, in order to do that, we have to, we have to uh, say things sometimes people don't want to hear, right? In order to build up, in order to, in, order to, in other words, if, if, somebody, if somebody's doing something and they say, how am I doing? If you're the mentor, if you're the teacher, 
and they tell you. In other words, if you're, how many teachers? We've got any teachers in the house? Teachers? All right. God bless you. What grade? Eighth grade. Oh, that's when they know everything, ain't it? God bless you, sister. All right, if they come in and they brought their work to you and it was a mess, there was nothing right on it, and you just went and just gave them 100, did that help that student? Absolutely not. So what do you have to do? You have to tell them the, the truth. The truth. Because the truth is the only thing that's going to help them correct what is wrong. So... Watch what it says. If we're going to edify one another, if we're going to build each other up, we can't just hands off and say, never say anything about it because you're going to be judging. No, that's not what it says. Look what it says in verse 15. Verse 15. The whole chapter is about edifying and building up. What is, the, what is the one key thing about building up? Look what it says in verse 15. But, 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 speaking the, in, all right. How many of y'all believe we've got to tell the truth? Watch this. Look at your note. Look at your note. Look what, look what it says. If we're going to edify, I, I, took, I took some verses out of Ezekiel. Okay? Now, we're going, to di- we're going to distill the myth of we're not supposed to say anything to anybody about any sin or any whatever. Okay? Because if we do, we're judging. All right? That's what, that's what they say. Ezekiel chapter 3, verse 17. Son of man, I have made thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore, hear the word at my mouth and give them warning for me. When I say unto the wicked, thou shalt surely die, and thou givest him not warning, nor speaks to warn him of the wicked from his wicked way to save his life, the same wicked man shall die in his iniquity, but his blood will I require at thine hand. Yet if thou warn the wicked and turn not from his... Or excuse me. If, yet if thou warn the wicked and he turn not from his wickedness, nor from his wicked way, he shall die in his iniquity, but thou hast delivered thy soul. Now, if you go back to that day and say, listen, you shouldn't say that because you're judging. Does that make sense? No. He said if they're wicked, you need to warn them. You need to warn them, all right? Proverbs 27, 17. Iron sharpeneth iron. So a man sharpens the countenance of his friend. What's the principle behind that? Sometimes you have to be abrasive with a friend. Iron sharpens iron. How many of y'all have ever sharpened a knife with a whetstone or, or something of that nature? It causes friction. What happens to the iron? It gets hot because friction causes heat. And sometimes when you, when, when you sharpen the countenance of your friend, you have to say things that abrasive. You have to say things that rubs the wrong way. You have to say things that causes heat that's not always easy to hear or easily accepted. But guess what? If you're a friend, you have to do that. Iron sharpens iron just like a friend. Because it's a friend that's doing this. Look what it says. Proverbs 27, 6. Faithful are the what? Wounds of a... But the kisses of an enemy are... Yeah, I explained this verse last week. Now, most people would associate the word wounds with enemy and kisses with friend. But the Bible says a friend will wound you to help you. And they're faithful. They're good. They're appropriate. They're right. But an enemy will just 
And the enemy will just tell you what you want to hear. But what does it say about that? They're deceitful. Why? Because while he's kissing your cheek, he's looking for a soft spot to stab you. Y'all with me? So, are we kind of getting the idea that if we're going to edify one another, if we're going to encourage, if we're going to lift up, if we're going to help somebody, we got to speak the truth. Truth. Ephesians 5.11. Ephesians 5.11. This is great. He says... See, here's what, here's, what, here's, what most people, here's what most people want us to do. The first part of this verse, the first part of this verse says, have no, no fellowship. Don't hang around, don't mess with it. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. Right? How many of y'all believe sinners ought to stay away from sin? How many of y'all believe saints should stay away from sin? Saints should really stay away from sin. Y'all with me? Now, Here's what sinners and even sinning saints want you to think. All right, it's fine. You stay away from sin. If that's what you want to do, fine. But don't mess with me. If you don't want to live that lifestyle, don't live it. But don't bother me. If you don't want to do this or you don't think this or that is right, that's fine. But, but don't say nothing to me. Because if you say something to me, now you're being judgmental. You're just judging me. But what does the Bible say? The Bible says not only to stay away from wickedness, not only to stay away from darkness, not only to stay away from sin, but then it says to... Oh, y'all got quiet. It says not only to stay away from sin, but... Everybody say it. It says don't just avoid it, speak against it. I know for some that don't know what reprove means, I, I, I wrote down Webster's 1828 definition. To blame, to censure, to charge, watch this, to charge with a fault to the, to chide, to reprehend, to blame for, to convince of a fault or to make manifest, to refute, to disprove. To excite a sense of guilt, the heart or conscience reproves us. It gave the illustration. I don't know about y'all, but that kind of sounds judgmental. Now, we know that's not judgmental, but that's what the world will say. That's what the world will say. You're just judging me. You're just judging me. Now... Uh, do y'all remember when Jesus, when Jesus sat at the well and, and a woman come to him at the well? This woman had a reputation. She came in the heat of the day when nobody comes to the well. Nobody comes to the well in the heat of the day. There was a time early in the morning or late in the evening in the cool of the day. That's when you went and did strenuous manual labor of that nature. But why would a person go to the well when nobody else does? She didn't want to be judged. She didn't want to be around the good folk. 
Maybe the church folk. Why? She had a reputation. Now, in, in, today's, in today's world, it's really not looked down upon that much, but in that day, if you was married five times and shacking up with somebody, mm, now we got to remember this is in Jesus' day. In the nation, in the nation, are y'all with me? Y'all sleep? Can y'all see how in, in that day, what kind of stigma would be on that situation? So here she comes in the, in the heat of the day. And Jesus is there. Strikes up a conversation. Y'all know how it all went. I'm not going to take too much time on that. But strikes up a conversation. And, 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 and when, when it gets down to the nitty gritty, when, when this is really, she's got to be honest about who he, she is and who Jesus is. And Jesus says, go get thy husband. She said, I, 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 don't, I don't have one. And watch what Jesus did. He said, that's right. You done had five of them, and you shagging up with the one you're with. You're not even married to the one you're with. Now, right there, most people would say, he was judgmental. He shouldn't be judging her. But you know all he did? He spoke the If you don't speak the truth, your conscience will never be pricked. What is the purpose of the law, the truth, to excite guilt in the conscience? If you don't feel guilty, you won't get right. Do you know why lost people and unchurched people don't want to hear the truth? It makes them feel, help me, it makes them feel, nobody likes to feel guilty. But guess what? If you never feel guilty, you'll never come to the Savior. Because you cannot get saved till you get lost. And you will never find yourself lost till you are confronted with the truth. But let me tell you what's wrong with the church. The problem with the church is not that they don't have the truth. The problem with the church is not that they don't have Bible. It's not that they don't have Scripture. It's not that they're not right in what they're saying. Homosexuality is wrong. Adultery is wrong. Fornication is wrong. As far as that goes, pride and arrogant people. Are y'all with me? Lying is wrong. See, we can cover, we can cover church house people too. But we want to bow up about all these sins that we don't do. And, 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 and it's not the fact that we're wrong about what we're saying. But we're missing something. We're missing Jesus and how he did it. Because when he did it, she got right. She got saved. She got delivered. She, somebody saved me. Let me tell you the difference between Jesus and modern-day churches and modern-day hypocritical, pharisaical churches. They're missing what that verse says. Speak the truth in You see, it's, it's not. 
Hey, yeah, go ahead. Give Jesus praise and glory right there. You see, it's not the fact that we don't have truth. It's the fact that you're not delivering it in. Let me, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Uh, how, how you feel about any sin or whatever sin, here's the thing. I looked up a, I looked up a, a video of, of a pastor preaching about homosexuality. And this is what he said. He said, we need to get a high fence, a high electrical fence, and put all the lesbians on this side and all the homosexual men on this side and just drop food to them, and eventually they'll all die out. This is, this is, on, this is on the web for all the lost world to see. Now, let me ask you a question. This is coming from, you know, the loving church who's supposed to be reaching lost sinners. I wonder, I wonder how loving that sounds. Was he, was he right in saying homosexuality was wrong? Absolutely, 100%. No questions asked. 1,000%. That's what the Bible says. Did he deal with it in love? No. No. Why don't, why, don't we, why don't we put all, a, a high electrical fence and put all divorced people in there? It's been divorced seven or eight times. Or all the men that's committing adultery on their wife. In the church. Or all the preachers that run off with the secretaries. Why don't we chunk them in there too? No, we're not going to say that. Y'all get my point? I'm against sin. I'm against it all. I don't like it. I don't like sin in my life. I don't like the stupid things I do. And I want God to forgive me, and I want God to, to have mercy on me. The Bible says to reprove and rebuke with all, help me, help me. Now, we want to speak the truth, but we want to do it in a hateful way. You ain't, listen, you ain't doing it like Jesus. You're just not doing it like Jesus, you're doing that. You can speak the truth in love. And I'm telling you, there's churches all over America who have the truth. And they're speaking truth, but they're doing it in hate. And I'm telling you, lost people can see hate a mile away. So that when somebody does come with the truth in a spirit of love, it's ten times harder because they've done heard the hateful person. Preacher, how do, how do I keep from judging? How, how, do, how do I confront sin and not be judgmental? You do it in love. What is your motivation behind it? Is your motivation to edify? Is your motivation to put them down and tear them apart? Man, it's quiet tonight, isn't it? Yeah, I'll probably get emails for this. That's fine. That's fine. I'm tough enough. Send them on. 
But I promise you this, if you got an argument with me, you better bring your Bible. Love. Where's where's that gone? Speak the truth in love. We should speak the truth. We should speak right. We should speak the scripture. But whatever you do, say it in love. Confront. Yes, rebuke. Yes, reprove. But do it with all long-suffering. Long-suffering means to suffer long. I mean, let's face it. How long has Jesus put up with you? How many times should Jesus have snatched your salvation card? And you want to stand up. I'm going to just leave that right there. Listen. What happens when we speak the truth in love? I've had people tell me, hey, as far as that goes, that's what's happening tonight. Listen, I'm, I'm, not, telling you, I'm not telling you this because I want anything but for us to get it. Because I love you. And I love them. And I want temple people to display love and I want them to see Jesus and how we respond to all sin amen now what happens when we do that there's something that takes place look at this first first we have to speak the truth say that with me we have to speak the what's the second thing that takes place number two okay how many of y'all got a paper number two number two growth what happens what happens to a baby christian when you tell them the truth they grow what happens to a christian when they tell them the truth they grow they may not like it at first it's kind of like a baby that's weaned they don't like it they're mad and they may they may get angry like some of y'all may get tonight but you'll get over it because you're going to learn I'm telling the truth. And, and what's going to happen? You're going to be like that baby. You're going to realize that as I grow, I get freedom. Because now I'm not attached to my mother. I have freedom. And you can't have freedom without growth. And, but with growth and freedom comes responsibility. Are you all with me? Watch this. God expects us to grow. 1 Peter 2.2. 2. As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word. Why? That ye may. That ye may. All right, 2 Peter 3, 18. But, but grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and forever. Amen. 1 Corinthians 13, 11. When I was a child, I spake as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I did what? I, I put away childish things. 1 Corinthians 14, 20. Brethren, be not children in understanding. How be it in malice, be children. You know what that means? You know what that means? I, 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 I've been watching these little people, you know, because they got like more of them during the summertime because little, little, little monkeys are out of school, so now they're up here because, uh, y'all with me? And, I, and I've seen them, they just go after it. Mad, just, you know, just like, I mean, fur flying, amen? 
and, 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 and about three minutes later, they're back best pals. They can't stay mad at each other. You, do, you let an adult do that. Years. They're feuding. You know what God said? Don't act like that. In malice, act like children. In understanding, in maturity, act like men. But in malice, just act like children. Just get over it quick. Get over it quick. Amen? It hurt my feelings. Get over it. I don't know why they said that. Get over it. Look at your neighbor tell Say, get over it. Get over it. There you go. Get over it. That's what he's saying right here. Get over it. Now, watch. This is great. Hebrews 5. Hebrews 5, 12. For when for the time. In other words, they've been, they've been saved an extended period of time. For when the time ye, what's that word? Oh, that means an obligation. You have an obligation. If you've been saved an extended period of time, a certain amount of time, you have an obligation to what? To be teachers. In other words, Paul is saying here, you know, I'm trying to help you, and I'm trying to teach you some, some serious, deep things, and, and as amount, the amount of time you've been saved, you ought to be teachers by now. You ought to know this stuff good enough you could be sharing this with others. Watch what he says. But ye have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and are become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. You know what he just said in the nicest of ways? You're a bunch of... In love, he said it. He spoke the, verse 13, For everyone that useth milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a, but strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised both uh, to discern both good and evil. What does that mean? You can't stay a baby Christian. You can't stay a baby Christian. You have an obligation to grow, to grow in grace, and to grow in knowledge. To grow in knowledge. Say that word with me. To grow in Watch what it says. Watch what it says back in Ephesians chapter number 4. Till we all come in the unity of the faith. Verse 13. Till we all come in the unity of the faith. Why does God give us teachers? Till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God and to a perfect man and to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. How are you going to act like Jesus if you don't know how Jesus acted? How are you going to think like Jesus? As it says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Who be, are y'all with me? How are you going to do that if you don't know how he thought? We're to grow into him. The more we know him, the more we will behave like him the more we will think like Him, the more we will act like Him. Thank God, the more we will love like Him. Amen? Growth. All right, number three. After a baby Christian has been given the truth, take it with me, given the, then they begin to, they begin to grow. And as a baby Christian begins to grow, they learn that the world doesn't revolve around them. Listen, what happens to maturity? People realize there's other people in this world. There's other people that may want to play with the soccer ball. What does an immature person do? It's mine. Come on, don't look at me like that. I'm taking my ball and I'm going. Some people never grow out of that. You mean 
chimney yards putting brown carpet in. I don't like that. I'm going. Oh, 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 okay. You're going to two services instead of three, and you're doing it at nine instead of eight thirty. I'm going somewhere else. Yeah. I got a hundred of them, but we're mature. Y'all with me? But see, what happens is a baby Christian is confronted with the truth. They don't really necessarily like the truth immediately, but hey, that truth causes them to grow and to learn. And as they grow and they learn, they realize they're not the only person in this planet, and I'm not here for just myself, and everybody in this church is not here to serve me. So I don't just come and sit in this one chair and expect everybody to come to me, unless you're in a wheelchair. Say amen right there. Nobody shake my hand anymore. Well, get up and go find somebody and shake their hand. They don't like it. Let me tell y'all. Right? What does growth, what does growth cause? It causes cooperation. It, it, growth, growth helps me understand, hey, it's not just about me. This world don't revolve around me. I don't have to have my favorite song every time. I don't have to have my, my favorite chair. I don't have to, I don't have, to have the, the best parking spot. Other people may need something. And I find out when I grow that, that hey, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not all in all, all just in me. But I'm, I may need Brother Buchanan. I, I'm, I may need others in my life. Y'all with me? Now watch. Let me give you. Give me. Let's look at those three words real quick. We got four minutes. We're rocking. Say man. Look in verse number fifth. Uh, excuse me. Sixteen. Sixteen. <clears throat> From whom the whole body fitly joined. Say those two words with me. What does those two words mean? Organized together or arranged. Organized together or arranged. Do you realize you didn't just happen to start going to temple? You didn't just happen to, well, I just stopped by and see what y'all's doing. Do you realize you have no idea, but behind the scenes, God was orchestrating your life the whole time to lead you where you were. If this hadn't happened, you wouldn't have been here. If that hadn't happened, you wouldn't have gone there. If you hadn't have met this person, and, and, and the whole time, you have no idea God's behind the scenes orchestrating your life to the point to put you right here at Temple Baptist Church. Yeah, it's all according to God's plan. According to that verse, you are fitly joined. That means it was a planned deal. It was organized. In other words, God knew exactly what you had to offer, and he felt like Temple needed what you had to offer. So he put you right here, and whether you like it or not, you fit, brother. Now, the question is, not only are we fitly joined together, and, what's that word? Compacted. You know what that word means? United or driven together. I, I, I happened, we, we, we went out to a, 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 an old church, one of the oldest buildings in Alabama, out in the middle of the, uh, 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 the, the Bankhead Forest. And, and the way they cut, the way they cut those logs that they put together, it was amazing. And you could tell how they cut them to, to, to fit, and then they compacted them, drove them together. And by driving them together, it gave them strength. 
And you know what that means? God organized and planned it, and he put you together. And it creates unity. In other words, they were cut in such a design that when you put them together, it looked like... Do you know what that means? We're not just a bunch of lone rangers. I have what I have to offer. You have what you have to offer. And when we're together, God sees. Yes. All right. What's the next word? Compacted by that which every joint, as you and me, every one of us. What do we do? Supplieth. The word supplieth there means contribution. Let me ask you a question. Are you contributing? Yeah, there's some grinning going on. Some of y'all got that grin like, "Uh uh-oh. I'm here, and I'm gifted, and I'm driven into this place, but I'm not contributing. Well, it's time. It's time. You know what happens when one of my joints don't contribute? Temple, Temple's walking around like this right here because some of y'all ain't contributing. I, hey, don't get mad at me. I'm just speaking the... You know, you know, you know what Paul... You know what Paul said when he, they didn't like what he said? He said, am I become your enemy because I tell you the... Watch this. It says... One minute. Help us, help us, help us, help us. All right. We're, 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 we're planned and organized to be together. We're compacted. We're driven together. It creates unity and strength. Every joint is supplying. We're contributing to the cause. What is the cause? Edification. Encouraging one another. Building one another. According to the effectual working in the measure of every part. That word effectual means having adequate power or force to produce the effect. What does that really mean? What that really means is God's put everything necessary in this church for this church to blow this city apart. And if we all just contribute, we will be very effective. And all God's people say it. All right. Increase. What happens when we get effective? Make an increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in isn't it amazing that this thing started we speak the truth in then we grow we mature we develop we begin to cooperate and while we cooperate and we contribute then we begin to increase and and listen i was confronted with love now i am building in love Somebody came in love and, and, and confronted my wrong. Somebody confronted my issue. Somebody confronted my lack of contributing. They confronted the fact that I wasn't involved using my gift. And now that I am cooperating, now that I am contributing, now that I am using my gift to edify the body, I love it. I love what I do. I love what I do. Why? Because I know what I'm doing is helping others. And when y'all are out there listening and encouraging and using your gift, you're helping me. 
when I'm helping you and you're helping me, the Bible says we're increasing. Now, there's, there's, there's verses right there. You can read when you get home. Let me read just a couple. John 13, 34. A new commandment I give unto you that ye love one another. Uh, Romans 12, 10. Be kindly affection one to another with brotherly love and honor preferring one another. Uh, Romans 15, 7. Wherefore, receive ye one another. Romans 15, 14. And I myself also am uh, persuaded of you, my brethren, that ye also are full of goodness, filled with all knowledge, and able to admonish one another. Galatians 5, 13. For brethren, ye have been called into liberty. Only use not that liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love. Woo, say amen. Colossians 3, 11, forbearing one another. That means put up with. That means put up with. Forbearing one another. Forgiving one another. You're going to have to put up with stupidity and then forgive it. Say amen. Uh, uh, why? Why? Even as Christ. Uh-huh. Hebrews 10, 23. Let us hold, watch this. Watch this now. Watch this for all you inter- internet people. Uh, let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. For he is faithful that promised. Let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. Not the of how together. As the manner of some is. But exhorting one another. No, that means encouraging. So much the more. As you see. And, and guys. I'm going to have mercy on you. Put the camera right here, the center camera. Whoever the controller is in the back, that the guy don't meet, wave your hand, flash your light, whatever. I want to see. Look here. I love you. Is that close? Good. I wish I could see myself, but I can't see myself. Here, shh. Here's the, I can see myself now. Amen. They're smart Alex back there now. I'm telling you. They just. Here's the deal. I love you. I know how it is to be tired. I know how it is to be frustrated. I know how it is to be late from work. I'm just going to go home. At least I'm watching on the internet. I get that. But I'm telling you, there's something you miss when you don't come. And there's something you miss when you don't assemble together. There's something you miss when you're not able to talk and encourage and lift up. Talk about the ball game. Talk about whatever. But you're hanging out with your family. And because you're hanging out with your family, you get encouraged. So next week, come on. Ho, ho, ho. Ho, ho, ho. We'll leave the light on for you. Amen. Hey, let's pray. Let's pray. Lord, help us in Jesus' name to edify one another. Amen in Jesus' name. Good night, everybody.
He became sin. Who knew?